2: Listen
0: to the radio it's different our lives are ruined already the whistler The tape will self-destruct in five seconds hello
3: everyone i'm carl amari and this is hollywood 360 the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games movie reviews celebrity interviews showbiz news and classic radio shows. My co host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a crime case solved by police captain Jim Scott on Under Arrest from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics, and I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home, right, Lisa?
4: That's exactly right, Carl. So we are beginning with the letter. I don't know. We're on L. 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 for Lisa.
3: Oh, Okay. Ah. Oh.
4: So these all and begin
3: learning with... lyrics.
4: That's true. Mm-hmm. You got your letters wow. really well See that there. It <laughs> boy once it kicks you, in. You boy. know out uh, your L's. So uh, Mike, we need your prediction.
3: I think he'll get the first one, and I believe he'll get the last one. I don't know about the middle one. See, I'm thinking the
4: first and the second one. Okay. So we'll see how it goes. So you Mm.
3: might get all of them.
4: Who knows? Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) I hope you guys have never asked me
3: what I think?
4: You always think you're going to get all of them right. Uh, Yeah. But you rarely do. That's true. So we won't ask you. So um, let's start with the first one, Mm -hmm. and all you have to do is tell me the title. Which begins with the letter L. All
3: right. Okay.
4: When I find myself in...
3: When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom.
4: Let it be. That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, I am
3: amazing. When
4: I, you did that in four words.
3: Yeah. What were the four words?
4: When I find myself. When I find,
3: that's all I would have needed. That's all what well, I would Well,
4: I said four words. I know, but I,
3: all I would have needed was. Like, I can name that was, tune find, in four words. That's it. Yeah. So there you go. So there you go.
4: I don't think you'll be able to do that with the next one, but that is the Beatles.
3: Sure is. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be.
1: Let it be. Let it be. Whisper words of wisdom.
3: Let it be. be.
4: (laughs) All right. That's a great start. Pretty good, huh, Mikey? Off to a great start. Good job.
3: All right. Thanks. Okay. Ready? Can I borrow that little ducky that you had in the bubble bath? Can I borrow that?
4: No. Why did you? How do you know he has duckies in his bubble bath? How do you know? Hmm? How do you he does. know? He I've seen him. You've there. seen him in the bath? Yeah, well, he's
3: got, he's got bubbles. Right? Can't see anything other than the bubbles <laughs> and then the <laughs> duckies that he's got You floating. just like
4: to pop over when he's in the bathtub? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Why not? You guys we're, are really close. guys,
3: I mean. Yeah, guys, guys mean, do
4: that, right? It's fine. That's normal for totally two guys fine. to hang out in the bathtub totally together.
3: Not, I'm not in the bathtub Nearby, with sure. Yeah, just Shaving.
4: Just like talking,
3: I'm shaving, sitting on the edge of the bathtub while he's
4: cleaning up. Right, that's a good visual. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) If you're down and confused,
3: if you're down
4: and you don't remember who you're you're talking to,
3: if you're down and confused,
4: concentration slip away, slip away because your baby is so far away.
3: Oh man, what is this one?
4: Well, there's a rose. In a fisted glove, and the eagles flies with the dove, and if you can't be with the one you love,
3: if you can't be with the one you love, love the one
4: you're with. <laughs> ah. That's a line. That's a line love you can't forget. Love the one,
3: you're
4: with. And
3: you, and
4: you love the one you're with. Stephen Stills, nineteen oh. seventy. Stills and Nash. Concentration slip away your baby is so far away. Well, there's a That's
3: a road. Uh, yeah.
4: yeah. And if you be, when
5: the one you love, the money, love the one. One you, the one you All you right. Win. Well,
4: the third one is the one I'm a little more concerned about. All right. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, here we go. Mm-hmm. You make me weep and want to die just when you said we'd try. When I'm all alone, all by myself, you're out with someone else. And there's the, we brought up to the chorus twice. You're tearing me apart every, every day. You're tearing me apart. Mm. Oh, what can I say? You're tearing me apart you know that one? No. It won't be long. Yes, till you're alone. When your lover, oh, he hasn't come home. Because uh, he's, and there's the title. This isn't doing he's anything. He's tearing you apart every, every day. He's tearing, tearing you apart. Ever. Oh, girl, what can you say?
3: Oh, it's starting to come back to me now.
4: Because he's.
3: La. Because he's la.
4: Yes, actually. La. La. That is correct. With an L. La. You make me weep and want to die just when you said we'd try. Larry. (laughs) No, but it does start with an L.
3: Lover. (laughs) Lover girl.
4: He's tearing you apart. Ooh, Every every day, he's tearing you apart. Yeah. Oh, girl, what can you say? Because he's that's it right there. Because he's
3: he's little. (laughs)
4: Because he's little. Yes. (laughs) Because he's he's little. little. (laughs) He's little. He's
3: tearing me apart. He's so (laughs) little.
4: He's a little guy. Oh, girl, what can you say? Because he's I don't know. Okay, let's hear it.
0: This is
3: Journey. Yes. And what's the title of the song?
4: Love and Touches. Uh, yeah, you do know this yeah, song. Yeah, I know. You're looking at me like, ah, I don't yeah, know. Lovin', and
3: touching, touching,
4: Squeezing
3: so each other. Exactly.
4: You got two out of three. Yeah, that's that's the best you can ask that's for. That's not bad, I guess. I mean, it's 66. God, this guy is
3: such a great. song. It's a great song. song. I mean, his voice is so amazing. It's
4: Eight? He's even better than me. Oh, wow. I wouldn't say that.
3: I think so. Well,
4: There's I don't know. I think
3: there was two people better than me tonight. Freddie.
4: Freddie Mercury. Mercury.
3: <laughs> and Stephen. Uh, no, this is No, Journey. that. that oh, what's his name? Who's the lead singer of uh, Journey? T- Tyler. No, not, no, Tyler.
4: not Tyler. No, that's not Tyler.
3: Perry. 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 <laughs> Isn't it Perry? <laughs> no, <Magic> Steve <laughs> Perry or something? Yeah,
4: it
3: is. Uh, Isn't it Steve Perry? journey i'm pretty sure but anyway all right thanks lisa wolf sure and mike bubble bath costella when we come back it's under arrest to broadcast from 1949 so stick around
0: more hollywood 360 after these important messages And now back to Hollywood 360
3: with Carl Amari. All right, we're back. This is Hollywood 360. I co-host the tantalizing Lisa Wolf and my executive producer, the great Mike Bubblebath-Costella. And it's time for Under Arrest. This was a police procedural. And initially, it was Craig McDonald as police captain John Drake. But soon after, Joe DeSantis starred as Police Captain Jim Scott. So they not only changed the actor, they changed the character's name. And like Joe Friday of Dragnet, Scott dedicated his life to protecting the citizens of his city. And DeSantis was one of New York's busiest radio actors, appearing in Pepper Young's Family, Mr. District Attorney, Gangbusters, The March of Time, and many, many other shows. Under Arrest was broadcast from New York over Mutual From 1946 until 1949, very, very cool series. We're going to play an uh, an episode for you now from June 26, 1949. It's called "The Paris Road." Here's part one of "Under Arrest."
0: Mutual presents "Under Arrest," directed by Martin Magner and starring Joe Desantis as Police Captain Jim Scott. Under Arrest. To yourselves under arrest the story of Police Captain Jim Scott's fight against crime
1: Captain Scott speaking.
6: Captain, this is the special guard at the
1: Blake Art Gallery. Yes?
6: I want to see you about the alarm you've hooked up for us on the Van Gogh painting we're exhibiting. What's the trouble? I'd rather not say on the phone. It's very important.
1: No, all right, Lieutenant Gavin and I will be right over. I know,
6: Captain. Come alone. If you don't want to cause unnecessary murder... <laughs>
1: I started to ring, Lieutenant Gavin, but something about the voice told me I'd better appear to comply with my instructions. As I drove out Sanction Boulevard, I felt like laughing. Nothing exhibited in this city had ever been as well guarded as that painting. Van Gogh's The Paris Road was on tour of the United States as a goodwill gesture from a country whose goodwill we wanted. That's why the gallery had a special guard. That's also why we'd installed an electrical shocker alarm which could only be controlled at the police station. It had been a very hot day, and I stopped a minute on the gallery porch to loosen my tie, and then I went inside. Is the guard here? That's right. Captain Scott headquarters. Is uh, there something I can do for you, Captain? What was that phone call about? Phone call? What phone call? Look, I'm a tired man. Did you call police headquarters about ten minutes ago? No, I haven't called anyone, sir. Oh, excuse me.
6: Lake gallery. Yes, he's here. It's for you, Captain.
1: Thanks. Hello?
6: Police, Captain Scott. Speaking. I'm glad you saw fit to do as I said, Captain. Oh, who is this? That really doesn't matter. What does matter is that there are people in that room with you. Innocent spectators who might get hurt, Captain. If you don't do exactly as I say. but Don't stutter, Captain. Just listen to me. There's a gun somewhere in that room that's very anxious to go off. You can't see it, but believe me, it's
1: there. Pointed at your back. Here we go again. Why is it that every gun in town just naturally looks up my back for a target?
6: I'm glad to see you've got a sense of humor. You may need it to explain the next few hours of your life. You see, you're going to help me steal the Paris road. I'll call the guard over. Go on. Or should innocent people start getting shot?
1: Guard, come here. Yes, Captain. He's here now.
6: That's better. Now, listen carefully. Let the people leave at six as usual in exactly three minutes. Then have the guard close the door, but don't lock them. As soon as the doors are closed, put your hands above your heads and wait. Don't move, Captain. And Don't try to loosen your tie or anything else.
1: You've, uh... Forgotten the alarm. Don't
6: worry about that, Captain. I realize the Paris road isn't guarded like it was just any painting. But you see, you're not messing with just any art
1: lover. I stood there helplessly. There was nothing I could do without endangering the crowd in the gallery. Not now. Then at six, the people filed out. The guard closed the door as I ordered... I saw then that there was only one place our gunman could hide behind the large ventilating screen in the opposite wall. But from where I stood, the information was about as useless as knowing where there's a bargain lunch counter in Moscow. My mind worked feverishly. I had to do something, but what? I glanced at the guard, but just then the door opened. The stocky little man followed a gun into the room. Then the ventilating screen shifted aside, and an extremely thin-shouldered man followed another gun into the room. I felt like I'd have been invited to an old-fashioned vigilante party. You see, except for the slits where their eyes were, our intruder's heads were completely covered with black hoods.
6: Now, Captain Scott, I think you can give us a little help if you don't mind. No.
1: No, I don't mind. It's such
6: a hot night to get shot. (laughs) You got any more smart cracks you want to say, Captain? (sighs) Where did you learn to love me so much? You still want your head beveled, don't you, copper? (laughs) Now, if you haven't any more smart things to say, call police headquarters and tell them that you're checking the alarm. Tell them to shut off the electrical shocking device. They'll know your voice, but don't get funny. I got a finger that likes to pull triggers. You know, Captain, I never realized how useful a cop could be before. Now pick up that phone and call.
1: I could feel his gun in my ribs. I had it to do as he said. There is a theory, after all, that it's hard to spend a police pension check in a graveyard. I phoned Lieutenant Gavin. He asked no questions. The alarm was shut off. My itchy-fingered friends glanced greedily at the painting. That was the moment when I thought I had a chance to draw my gun. This pistol butt came down on my head like a Mack truck. My eyes saw cobwebs, and somewhere below me, my legs were doing a wicadajo. Then they parted company, and I got my nap. When I finally returned to this world, the gallery was silent. The painting was gone. There had been murder, all right. The guard was sprawled on the carpet with the aid of a bullet hole between his eyes. My head was aching, but I managed to get up and check over the room. Then after phoning headquarters, I looked up the address of Miss Janice Blake, the gallery owner. She lived in the apartments across the street, and I went over and knocked. The Door opened. And I was staring at something that even a policeman could tell belonged more on exhibition in an art gallery than owning one. Miss Blake?
5: You say it so nicely.
1: I'm Captain Scott, police.
5: Yes, I can see that. Would you care to come in?
1: Thanks. Miss Blake, the Van Gogh painting has just been stolen.
5: Stolen? Paris Road? What? Why, you're joking. I wish
1: I were. Not only that, the guard was murdered.
5: Do you know who did it, Kate? Not Captain.
1: yet. There were two of them.
5: Well, that hardly tells you anything.
1: Well, I guess not, except one of them didn't do any talking at all. The thin one. So for other clues, I found some gritty stuff on the carpet near the guard's body. It looked like sawdust.
5: Maybe that's what they make guards of.
1: You don't sound too interested in the fact that a guard's been murdered, Miss Blake.
5: I'm much more interested in that painting.
1: You're quite cold-blooded, aren't you?
5: Am I? Why don't you sit down for
1: a while, Captain? Well, the idea is good, but the time is wrong. You seem to forget that that painting must be back on that easel tomorrow morning at opening time. I left, dear Miss Blake, went back to the station. I took the sawdust into the laboratory, then I went to my office and tried to scratch my head for some answers that wouldn't come. I must have been looking pretty sour when Lieutenant Gavin opened the door.
2: Look at sad eyes. What's the matter, Jim?
1: Nothing much. Just helped the two men steal that Van Gogh painting from the Blake Gallery.
2: Sure, I just threw Lana Turner out the door
1: too. <laughs> I'm
2: not kidding, Larry. You mean that painting's really gone? Oh, good Lord, Jim! I thought that thing was fixed up so tight,
1: dynamite couldn't blow it out. It wasn't. In fact, they made the job seem uh, quite simple. Let's get at it, Larry. We've got to get that painting back in a hurry. Yeah, I know. Any leads on who nabbed it? I know who one of them is. You
2: what? Well, what are we waiting for?
1: Facts. They've still got a law that says you can't hang a person without facts.
2: Yeah, but 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 how do you know who it is?
1: Larry, what would you say if I told you that one of our friends practically told me over the phone that I had fumbled with my tie when I was standing on the entrance porch at the gallery? Obviously, watched you come in. Right. You see, I was standing inside the entrance porch... The only place that anyone could have seen me from and still be close to a phone was the apartment house across the street from the gallery. And our friend Miss Blake lives in that apartment house. Miss Blake? Well, I thought they were men. That's what they hoped everyone would think. They both dressed like men. The real man did all the talking. But fortunately, in a trial, I couldn't even prove that. Hmm, what a mess. Got any kind of lead on the man? Not much, but I do have a hunch. I'm having some sawdust analyzed that may have dropped from his clothes. Take Johnny for me, will you? Sure. Give
2: me Johnny, will you? Johnny, Gavin. Found anything yet on that sawdust? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Johnny says it's a type of teak wood.
1: Teak? Uh Uh-huh. What do they use teak for, Gavin? Uh... Ships? How about furniture? Furniture. Furniture. Frames. They make picture frames. For one thing, I... Yeah, I'm going to play a hunch that our man works in some kind of a frame-making outfit. You see, he used the word bevel too. That's a term quite common in frame-making.
2: Great. Now, all we've got to do is search every frame-making company in town.
1: That's right, and we're starting tonight. Now, oh. some of them are working night shifts. Find out which ones and see that the word gets around that police captain Jim Scott is coming to make an arrest.
2: No scam at it, huh? Going to try and flush our little quail out that way?
1: I hope so, and if we do, let's hope we can put a tighter squeeze on him than we could on our friend Miss Blake. After all, I'd hate to know who both our odd lovers were and... Still not be able to make a move.
3: That's the first portion of "Under Arrest" with the Paris Road, starring Joe Desantis from 1949. More of that in just a moment. I ordered chicken frances francese, francese, chicken frances. How do you say it? <laughs> How do you say it? Um, you said it weird. How I did you it say weird? it? Chicken friend.
4: It's F R A N C E S E. I have
3: always said chicken frances. As uh, an (laughs) Italian-American.
4: I don't know the proper way to pronounce it. Mike, what did Mike get
3: from Me's Meals? He
4: got steak.
3: Of course. And you got like a vegetarian soup?
4: I got onion soup. Oh, man. Vegetarian onion soup. Folks,
3: every week, Mike, me, and Lisa, we order our Me's Meals. We love it. And I tell you what, the night that I have the Me's meals, yes. I'm always like, all right. I know.
4: I know. The food I look is so forward great. To it. And I look forward to the preparation of it. It's a whole, you know, something to do with the family.
3: I know. Go to Me's Meals, M E E Z Meals.com. Make sure that you use the promo code Carl at checkout. Save 50% on your first order. We'll be right
0: back. I'm still there. Oh! Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
4: With a 65-year legacy of delivering the most insightful political commentary in America, National Review is the obvious choice for discerning conservatives who want to go beyond the headlines. From the latest news in Washington and the upcoming Republican primary race to the political, cultural, and economic trends impacting everyday Americans, their hard-hitting analysis is a must-add to your daily reading diet. We love National Review and are excited to have them as a partner because their writers and editors really do dive deeper into the stories than you'll find anywhere else. No talking heads, no clickbait, and none of the sensational coverage you see everywhere else.
3: Hollywood 360 listeners can start reading today with a special 60% discount on any subscription option. You should try out their digital membership, NR+, Plus which includes unlimited access to all their premium content, plus a world of membership perks like monthly calls with movement leaders and commenting privileges on the website. Just go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood to take advantage of this limited-time offer. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. All right, Lisa, we're listening to a really good police procedural. It's called Under Arrest. It stars Joe DeSantis as Captain Jim Scott. Here's the conclusion now to the Paris Road.
1: Gavin did a good job. Even honest men looked nervous as I paraded conspicuously through the plants. But nothing happened. It was already past midnight when we came to the end of the list True Frame Company Warehouse. It was a large shed like building with stacks of wood piled on either side of long aisles and catwalks circling about up above where men worked at straightening the top up, But as usual, nothing happened. Hmm. It's
2: a little hopeless, doesn't it, Jim?
1: Well, let's go down this last aisle over here. Mm. Wait a minute. You see that fellow up there on that last catwalk, the one tightening those steel joints with that giant monkey wrench? Yeah. There's... uh, there's something about the way he moves, Larry. I've been think... watching us pretty close, Jim. I'm going to wander down that aisle, Larry. I want to get a closer look at that guy. He looks like he'd use that monkey wrench. Well, that's what we came to find out, isn't it? Well, keep your fingers crossed. I walked down the aisle. I could feel the sweat growing sticky on the back of my neck as each step brought me nearer under the catwalk. I could feel his eyes on me, but I kept gazing at the wood and walking closer. I wondered what kind of trade and value you could get in a policeman's heaven with a head dented in by a monkey wrench, and I thought that...
2: Jim! Look out, Jim! Look out!
1: I sprawled tight against the wood pile at one side, and my head ached just to hear that wrench clang against the floor. When I looked up, Gavin was racing up the ladder to the catwalk, and the foreman came rushing around the stack of wood. My friend with the slippery hands was just standing still on the catwalk, shaking his head and staring down. Hey, hey, you all right? Yeah, no thanks to your little wrench throw up there. Uh, Those wrenches are dangerous. Sometimes they slip. Sure, what's that fellow's name? Hanson, Rick Hanson. I want to speak to him in your office. All right, Hanson, I'll give you one more chance to come clean. Thanks. Hanson, you're not kidding anybody. You were in on that Blake Gallery job. Thanks for telling me. That hood may have hid your face, but I wouldn't mistake your voice anyway, Hanson. My
6: voice? That's a great piece of evidence. Why don't you cops have to have
1: evidence anymore? Okay. Okay, you can go, Hanson. But don't worry. We'll get the facts on you if we have to turn over every slimy rock in town. Thanks
6: for the party, boys. If
2: that guy's not guilty, you can send me back to a beat.
1: Of course, she's guilty, Larry. So is Miss Blake. They're the two as clean as ABC. What can we do about it? Without facts, our hands are tied. We only had a witness. What is it, Jim? Witness. A witness! That's it, Larry. We've got to get those two together tonight. What are you talking about? Just that. If we can get those two face-to-face, somewhere where they'll talk, somewhere where we have witnesses, we'll get our evidence. Look, we've got to work fast. There's an all-night bar down the street, isn't there? Yeah, Hank Clark's place. Good. See that the plant foreman sends Hanson to the bar at exactly 3 o'clock. Have him, um, have him send Hanson down there for some sandwiches or something. Then meet me at that bar as soon as you can. Right. I'll figure up a way of having the lady friend come, too. Larry, I think things are beginning to crack for us. <laughs> I left Gavin and raced across town to Miss Blake's apartment. I slid a note under her door and rang the buzzer. Then I went to Hank Clark's. After Gavin and I had briefed Hank, we hid underneath the bar so that we could see out but couldn't be seen. He waited. I watched the clock and I thought of some of the sharply worded cables that would fly back and forth between a couple of countries if that painting wasn't back in the morning. I glanced over at Gavin. But the only thing his scowling face was thinking about was why the police manual had never taught him how to squat under a bar. And he nodded and I saw that Miss Blake had come through the door. Shouldn't be long now, Larry. I think she'll get right to the point when Hanson gets here.
2: When'd you get her here?
1: Just left her a note telling her to come here at three, signed at you-know-who. I imagine she and Hanson had agreed to keep clear of each other for a few days, less chances. That's why she's so nervous. Well,
2: Hank's got her sitting over at the right table.
4: Yeah.
1: What time is
2: it? Uh, three on the nose. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. And speaking of ghosts, here comes Hanson through the door.
1: Hasn't seen her yet. Now, now he's looking over that way. He's... he's he doesn't seem to recognize, him. huh? Hey,
6: Hank, how about a couple of bottles of cold beer to take out? it up. It'll be 60 cents. See you later, Hank. Jim,
2: that must be a mistake. They saw each other, but say maybe they were wise to us and pretended or something, huh?
1: No, they wouldn't have even shown up if they were wise to us.
2: You're still sure they're the ones?
1: Yeah, and I'm sure they pulled that job together. That's what I can't figure out. Those two don't even know each other. Gavin and I went back to the station house and dropped down like a couple of beaten rag dolls. Time slipped past, and then it was daylight again. Just one hour until the gallery opens. We've got to crack this thing, Larry. What now?
2: Oh, it's got me. How in the devil could they have worked together so closely and still not know each other? What do they do with that painting? can't just carry a painting as big as that around the streets without being noticed.
1: No, you can't carry it around like that.
2: Oh, what a life. Where else would you spend your time trying to prove that a couple of total strangers are running a business together?
1: Total strangers. Total strangers. Mm -hmm. What a dope I've been, Larry. Come on, let's get a move on. Where to? Have you got it figured, Jim? What do you... I don't know, but if I have, we'll find our answer in the magazine file.
5: Well, here's the last
1: stack, Jim. Eastern artist and art dealer's news. That's all there is. Never mind, Larry. I think I've found what I want right here. Let's get back and talk to Hanson again.
6: Well, if it isn't the Rover boys again. What do you guys want me to do? Go out and paint a new picture for you? Sit down, Hanson. We haven't got time to play with you anymore. Sit down. Where's that painting? (laughs) It's home, hanging above my kitchen sink. I've got a calendar hooked to it. It makes a real pretty calendar.
2: This boy's just filled with
6: smart answers. Sure, I've got lots of them, especially when the questions are so smart. Now look, Hanson. I want you. What do you guys want me to say? That I carry it back and forth with me to work? Sure, that's what I do. You cops haven't got a thing on me, and I know it. Do you?
1: We know you took that picture, Hanson. We know who you worked with. We'll get you both, but what we want right now is that painting. You couldn't have gone far with it, but it's not hidden in the gallery. Sergeant Quinn's gone through that gallery from top to bottom. I even had him look under the carpets. Have men crawling through the ventilating plates. You'll what, Hanson? You'll tell us where the painting is? I don't know. I told you. I'm clean. you're so sure of everything, why don't you go
6: pick on the other guy? Or do you get a special kick out of pushing me around?
1: The other guy? Gavin, maybe we ought to go talk to Miss Blake. Miss Blake? Yeah. You knew your partner was a woman, Hanson, but uh, you didn't know it was Miss Blake herself. Did you?
6: Never heard of the dame. Have you guys got any more quiz games you want to play, or can I go
1: back and get to work? Sure. Sure, you can go now, Hanson. See you in jail.
2: A rat. Jim, I didn't know you'd, you'd had Quinn go over the gallery.
1: Yes, Larry. And I wanted Hanson to know that. I think I got just what I wanted out of him. Lord, look at that clock! Twenty minutes to late. I've got to make tracks. Where to now? I'm going to the gallery, but I want you to stay here and keep an eye on Hanson. If he makes a phone call or anything, I want you to call me at the gallery office right away. Keep your fingers crossed, Larry. it will be my boss if I got this thing figured wrong. I <laughs> pulled up in front of the gallery. It was twelve minutes to late. I glanced quickly at the apartment house across the street. There was a light on in Miss Blake's apartment. Then I let myself into the gallery with my pass key. The place on my head where Hanson had tried to fit a gun butt was beginning to throb like a suction pump. But I got around all right, even up the stairs and into the gallery office, where I sat down at the desk and stared at the phone and waited. And waited. And waited. Hello? Jim? Speaking.
2: Jim, Hanson's given me the slip. Ouch. I was watching for him by the phone, and suddenly he just wasn't anywhere. How long ago? I don't know. I, I've been looking around here for several minutes, and I haven't.
1: Lord, I'd every... better get over to Miss Blake's apartment. Maybe me there as soon as you can. If we're lucky we may be in time to prevent a murder. I made tracks out of the gallery across the street and started up the stairs into the apartment building. I wondered if I would get there in time to keep Hanson from playing target games with Miss Blake as the target. But I didn't know how much of a start Hanson had. I rounded the first flight and started up the second... sounded like a rather lovely art dealer had just been put out of business. I pulled my gun, stood for a moment outside the door, and I kicked it open. Yep. The body lay very sprawled out and very dead in the middle of the room. But it was not Miss Blake. It was Hanson. The rest of the room was silent and shadowy except where the gray morning light came through the fire escape window. It was wide open. I rushed over and looked down the fire escape, but no one was there. And Suddenly, I knew it was too late to grow smart at my age.
5: There's no one out there, dear Captain, but keep looking. I know how to use this gun. I
1: can see that, sweetheart. A smart cop would have looked behind the door first, wouldn't he?
5: Perhaps, but don't turn now. My floor is a little too untidy as it is. My colleague was a most untidy man. It just shows that you shouldn't go into business with a person you haven't investigated.
1: That's what he began to think when I told him you'd taken the painting out of the ventilator. What? I thought he'd be up here to investigate his partner in a big hurry. People don't like their partners running off at the loot.
5: Then you knew where the painting had been hidden.
1: No, but when your friend Hanson began joking about how hard it would be to carry a big thing like that through the streets, I made a good guess.
5: And when you told him it wasn't in the ventilator, he thought I'd double-crossed him. Mm. Well, you were nearer right than you thought, Captain. I wouldn't share that painting with anybody. Not anybody.
1: You've got it bad, haven't you? That
5: painting is mine. Just mine. It made me sick to even let that crude little man touch it. And me? I suppose I get shot for having touched the tomb. Yes. Yes, I'm afraid you get shot, too. But not for the same reason. I had a hunch when you first came here that you might catch up with me. I should have shot you then, but... you're not the kind of man a woman cares to shoot.
1: I always knew I was in the wrong profession.
5: You'd have made a nice partner, Captain. Not like the scum who come in and gawk at my painting... What do they know of beauty? Well, they won't gawk anymore. It's mine now. Completely mine. No one else will ever see it. I'm sorry, Captain, but I'm going to have to untidy my rug with you. Maybe not. Oh! You're a good shot, Captain.
1: Don't worry, sweetheart. You're just scratched.
2: Jimmy, you. Oh,. I see you've got everything under control,
1: huh? Yeah, Larry. We can take Madame Dracula down to the station now. Maybe she can think up some more new angles down there.
5: You think you've got this all figured out, don't you, Captain?
1: I have, Miss Blake, all of it.
2: Jim, you said yourself they were strangers.
1: They were, but they worked together just the same. You really let me in on it, Larry, back at the station house when you said a couple of total strangers running a business together. Huh? You know the most common failing crooks have, squealing. You see, Miss Blake was wise enough to know that crooks always squeal on each other, but you couldn't squeal if you didn't know who you were working with. So she put this ad in the personal column of some of those art magazines I checked. Wanted silent partner to enter business with very silent partner, big risk, big return... Call Evergreen 65139 at exactly 5 o'clock Monday evening.
2: I don't get it. Is that how they met? They
1: didn't meet, Larry. Evergreen 65139 is a drugstore phone. You still doubt whether I have it figured out or not, Miss Blake?
5: No, Captain. I'm afraid you've dispelled all my doubts.
2: Good Lord, you mean they worked this whole job out together over
1: telephones? That's about the size of it, Larry. That way they didn't have to know each other. They even used drugstore phones where they couldn't trace each other's calls. Well, I'll be a rusty nut.
2: Oh, and they, they wore hoods, huh, when they got together. Probably at some place like a, like a darkened
1: park. It was a smart idea, Larry, and it probably all would have worked had Hanson trusted his partner. But then, if he'd ever seen her without a hood on, they might still be out in that darkened park. <laughs>
0: Captain Jim Scott will be back in just a moment to tell you about next week's case. First, let me tell you about nearly 50,000 tragic cases of fatal tuberculosis in 1948. Well, perhaps you say, too bad, but those things happen. Indeed, they do happen, but they need not, for tuberculosis is a curable disease, one of the great killers that has been defeated by modern medical science. Tuberculosis, detected in time, can be stopped, and that's up to you. It's up to you to discover if you're one of the nation's quarter of a million TB victims and who don't know they have tuberculosis. And you can be sure easily and quickly with a chest X-ray. In many areas, chest X-rays are available at little or no cost, and health departments everywhere cooperate to make this sure test for tuberculosis open to everyone. Resolve now to check your chest. Get a chest X-ray and be sure.
1: Captain Jim Scott speaking. Next week I have an unusual case for you. Police find a hijacked trailer and a murdered driver. This leads me on a chase with a notorious fence, a killer, a baby-faced blonde, and a mysterious button. I'll tell you all about it next week when I present The Case of the Shining Button in my fight against crime.
0: You have heard Under Arrest, presented by Mutual and starring Joe DeSantis as police captain Jim Scott. Today's case was especially dramatized for Under Arrest by Sheryl Hendricks. Original music was composed and played by Milton Kay. Heard in today's cast were Joan Alexander, Ralph Bell, Carl Eastman, Louis Van Ruten. All names of persons used in Under Arrest are fictitious. Any resemblance to names of actual persons living or dead is coincidental. This is Jack Farron speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
3: You know, that Mutual Network, it got along with every other network. You know?
4: It was very Mutual. Yeah. Never heard that one Never really...
3: Argued with any of the other networks. You
4: wouldn't know anything about that. that. (laughs) Really...
3: (laughs) Really, uh, unlike what'd you, what'd you do to your hair? All of a sudden, it's all like, what'd you do? You had it in a scrunchie, and now you just—I
4: had it in a ponytail, and I took it down.
3: Yeah, is
4: uh. it which way do you like it better?
3: Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think you look—it's the cremeal hair tonic.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: I think in the scrunchie is how I normally see you, and
4: right? Definitely on a I mean, Saturday you never night. Have...
3: All of a sudden, Mike, she has her hair down. Look, is that from the? Wild root cream oil that yeah, you
4: use? Yeah, the hair tonic and the cream oil. And, you know, I use Prell, so I like those old-time products. Remember
3: Prell? I mean, that's what I grew up using. I did, too. Prell. And I'm sorry, but it's not a good shampoo. It's, like a, it's a harsh... Wait, first
4: of all, it's green. <laughs> it's very harsh.
3: I'm sorry, Prel, whoever makes it. And it's it. very thick. You know? Yeah, it's just... It's, it's not good. Not what I use And remember all longer. those commercials, they'd put a pearl in it, yeah, and then we just... Float real slowly. That was right. Sink really slowly. I'm pretty sure
4: it wasn't a real pearl.
3: Probably not. (laughs) That would be way too pricey. Under Arrest, June 26, 1949. The Paris Road, starring Joe DeSantis, heard on the Mutual Network. Time for this month in music history.
4: This is our final song from the 1960s. Everybody
3: loves somebody. Song, song. Is that Dino Martino?
4: That is Dino Martino from August of 1964. This song, Everybody Loves Somebody, knocked the Beatles Something a hard day's night off the number one slot on the Billboard charts. And this went straight to the top for eight weeks. I know we that. that. Yep.
3: This song mm-hmm. knocked the Beatles off the charts. Yep. Sure did. Wow. Right. Everybody loves somebody, love somebody sometime.
4: Ooh, we it's make better. a
3: Let me, uh, yeah, me do it again. Everybody, Everybody loves somebody, somebody. sometime. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Can I have a sip of that Roma wine?
4: I'm sorry. It- can't share with you i don't know where you've been <laughs>
3: <laughs> i don't have germs yeah come on let me have just a sip of that roll looks good actually you've been
4: around the block too many times
3: <laughs> <laughs> it looks good uh, that Ryan looks well uh,
4: by the end of the night i have no choice anyway <laughs> all
3: right let's take a break then it's more here on hollywood 360
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, Lisa,
3: we got a big week next week because we're going to play Pat Novak for Hire. That's with Jack Webb. My Favorite Husband with Lucille Ball, X-1. We're also going to play another Burns and Allen show, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And Casey, uh, we're going to also have Crime Classics. My special guest, live in the studio, and actually it'll be Lisa and my special guest, will be Mark Cabanis. Mark has uh, written a really great book about the music man himself, Meredith Wilson. You've heard us uh, play radio shows with Meredith Wilson and his orchestra. Well, he was the orchestra leader for a time on the Burns and Allen show. So we're going to play a Burns and Allen show with Meredith Wilson. He's actually on the show along with playing the music. So be sure to visit um, our official website, hollywood360radio.com, and make sure you're with us next week. For my crabby brother Vince, Lisa, and Mike, and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.